peace, love, hope everyone is doing well. Free the land, free um, all, free all political prisoners. Welcome to yet another episode of In Defense of Liberation, the show that is working towards and educating about a true people's liberation movement and revolution. I'm your host, Josh, and as you can tell, there's a little bit something up with my voice right now. I just had fucking three teeth removed yesterday, so fucking nobody can say shit to me. You understand? Those teeth were so fucking infected, apparently, and fucking getting those shits out, I don't know if anybody has had teeth pulled but holy fuck, I do not fucking recommend that shit. Brush your fucking teeth, kids. Floss, use fluoride, like, fucking do everything you can because these motherfucking teeth, these shits are important and they hurt when they come out. So think about that the next time, you know, you don't want to brush your teeth, I guess. I don't know. Um... I did want to hop on here because I've been feeling quite uh, emotional as of late. I had a pretty big breakdown yesterday. Not uncommon, unfortunately. Um, However, the difficulty really comes from the fact that, like, I don't know if anybody else struggles with, uh, uh, like a panic attack disorder, but it's like once you hit that point, you can't, you can't do anything. Like, like it has to pass. It's like when you get too drunk and you can't sober up and you, you know, you just want to be sober, right? You just have to wait it out, and it sucks. Um, But it made me think about a lot of stuff, you know, this morning, uh, as I was kind of getting into the groove, I had to go back to the the dentist to get everything checked out. But um, I found in the last couple of years... I've had waves of encouragement and I've had waves of disappointment. I've had waves of excitement and I've had waves of pure fear, um, anxiety, and, uh, you know, this feeling that. I'm wasting my life. I haven't always been one to think this way. Um, When I was a kid, you know, the notion that, like, you were put here with a purpose was very much beaten into my head. Um... The idea that I was, you know, God's child and here with a purpose to reflect the the love and compassion of Jesus Christ, right? Um, 
but since <clears throat> since breaking from that <coughs> I found that that notion that one's life should be purposeful is still really a part of me and it more than anything it makes me feel disappointed in myself and I'll say why for the last three to four years I've done basically nothing but read study watch YouTube videos listen to podcasts record podcasts write blogs read articles talk to you know comrades organizers activists and yet somehow I feel equally as incapable as ever to actually approach these problems that we are facing around the world. I'm not saying I don't think they're resolvable. I'm saying I feel I've done something wrong because how is it I've dedicated this much time and maybe I didn't really fully dedicate it, but how is it I've spent this much time on something And I still am so confused. And so it got me thinking. And it makes me really sad that... You have so many people... So many people... Who... Wake up... Get dressed... Maybe get a shower. They, you know, smoke their cigarettes or drink their coffee or do whatever it is they do for their morning routine. They go to work. They work for 6, 8, 10, 12, 14 hours. They come home. Maybe they eat dinner. Maybe they don't. They likely watch some TV or a movie or something. They go to bed and they wake up and they do the same thing. What an absolute waste. What a useless, meaningless life so many of us live. myself included because as I mentioned in the last episode a lot of us who are like on the left seem to think that awareness and consciousness can in and of themselves overthrow capitalism We focus so much on information, but yet we don't educate 
don't inform we share we spread awareness but what good is awareness or consciousness without action what good is consciousness without action we must ask ourselves this because the majority of us whether we want to or not will be segregated into the positions of life that we are already stuck in for those of us who work minimum wage jobs those of us who work 30, 40, 50 hours a week or more we must recognize that unless we are willing to break fully from the status quo quit our jobs go into revolutionary struggle then we are going to have to find a way to engage in class struggle wherever we are at. I know a lot of us right now want to be in Atlanta or in Miami or in New York City or in Portland or in the Bay. But we are where we are And so we must take responsibility for that. We must take responsibility for the workplace. For the workplace where we are employed. We must take responsibility for our friendships and our relations. We must take responsibility in our own self-care. And we must take responsibility in understanding... that a revolutionary struggle is more than just words. It's more than a one-off insurrectionary event. It's more than a group or a collective of groups coming together and overthrowing the system at large and placing themselves in power. But a revolution is something deeper. A revolution is something spiritual. It is material. It is based on changing behaviors, patterns, and habits of millions upon billions of people. There's no simple task. And so, as I reflect on some of the time I've wasted, I find myself asking the same questions. What do I do? What do I say to people? How do I encourage them? How do I motivate them? 
How do I educate myself and others so that we can not only simply be aware of some of the overarching facts, but so that we dig deep into the complex contradictory sorry, the complex and the con contradictory nature of our society, of our lives, of ideas, interactions, interpersonal relations, interorganizational struggles, etc. We have to make sacrifices. And, you know, I don't know that I'm ready. And I think a lot of us don't know if we're ready to make the sacrifices that we really need to make. But I don't know if ever one is fully ready to sacrifice one's life, sacrifice one's health, the quote-unquote freedom one could have if one does not struggle against imperialism. And on top of this, I don't know if anyone is really ever ready to sacrifice that alone. You know, like, if you or me or anyone really feel committed to doing something like this. It's still very difficult to do it as an individual, right? Because you look around at your friends, you, you know, look at your co-workers, you look at your family, and you see that very few people respect you and you know what maybe I should just be honest here and say that I'm speaking here of my personal experience you know at this moment right now that I feel very few people respect me I feel very very few people really truly respect me I don't think many people recognize in my life the amount of time that I've dedicated to understanding the world around me. I think a lot of people think that this is just a, you know, a phase, a socialist phase, (laughs) like an emo phase or whatever. And I also think a lot of people in my life are unwilling to respect the notion that This system is stronger and more coordinated than them. That they, as an individual, or as a group of individuals, we can never overcome or make it through an oppressive and exploitative system without 
exploiting and oppressing others, ourselves. And if that is the case, then what exactly is to be gained from this? Money? Who needs money? I mean, surely we all need money, but really. You look at the notion that we're all going to die, right? You think about this deeply. And one can come to the conclusions that money isn't everything. A nice house, maybe a couple vacations, a new car. Yeah, some of these things might be nice. It might be a nice memory, you know, a vacation, or being able to live in a nice home and enjoy yourself there. But it doesn't come with you. When you die, when you go to jail, when you lose your job, when you get hooked on drugs, when your family and friends, you know, turn their backs on you, whatever the situation might be to come. These material things do not come with you. Unless you are the richest of the rich and the most powerful of the most powerful. With little extra wealth that you might be able to accumulate dies with you. We know that in the world we're living today it is not enough to pay one's bills to make ends meet to feel happy. It's not enough to work to feel fulfilled. It's not enough to sleep (laughs) to feel rested. And it's not enough to drink or get high or what have you to feel relief. We're constantly on edge. We're constantly exhausted. We're constantly exploited. And we're constantly looking for answers within the system that is doing this to us. We are told that if we get a better career, if we get a degree, if we work a better job, we make a little bit more money, if we save, or what have you, then things will get better. But the fact of the matter is, for nobody does these things... Make it so they no longer have to work. For nobody. 
does a couple extra thousand dollars a year make them feel fulfilled as a human being whose life will go away, whose existence will cease? We know that it's not enough to get a vacation or to get a little faded. To feel as if the life that you live isn't oppressing. Even if one lives a moderately so-called privileged life. We know that the majority of things that one experiences, one does not own. One does not control. And so therefore... One cannot actually manipulate and move and make their own. A $30,000 loan from the bank to go on a vacation does not make you richer. And paying off those bills for the rest of your life does not make you more successful. But in fact, what these things do, what these things do is convince us that we are doing something right, that we are pursuing the right things, that our life is not meaningless because, well, we got to go to Disney World. But at the end of the day, nobody is more connected to one another. Nobody is feeling the love and the compassion that they deserve. And nobody is in control of their destiny, of their faculties, of their abilities, and of their minds, in their labor, of their existence, in the way that human beings need to be and have been before. And this is why so many of us feel depressed, anxious, isolated, alienated, because we, as living creatures, as human beings, are not in control of ourselves, of our environment, or of our society. We are taken control of by the ruling class and by those who exploit human beings who take advantage of other human beings. This is the basis by which the society we live in today is formed, day by day. And we wonder why so many kids, so many people, are killing themselves. But it really is no wonder. You know, right now I'm out and about just kind of like, you know, I had to go to the dentist, like I said, and then I just had to pick up some, you know, soft food so that I could eat that. And I got myself a little coffee and I got to talk with, you know, a couple different people in the store. And just that small little interaction, you know, the sunlight hitting my face as I'm walking outside of the store and I don't really got anywhere to be and I don't really have anything I need to do right now. Like that type of feeling, how often do you get that? How often do you feel like, wow, I am calm, cool, and collected. How often do you feel even moderately 
in control. Like right now, just a little, a little piece of nothingness, really. You know, just driving, just checking out the sunshine. Makes me wonder what human existence used to be like. You know? Makes me wonder what thousands of years ago people were thinking about. You know, what kids and teenagers and early adults were busying themselves with. How they were forming personalities. What kind of interests they had. Because right now, you know, you look at even activities to do for fun. And so few of them actually bring us as human beings closer together. Many of the things we do together are to collectively distract ourselves. Think about a party. Think about in high school or in college. What'd you party for? Maybe you partied to celebrate passing midterms. Maybe you partied to celebrate getting into school. Maybe you partied to celebrate graduating from school. But was that party a collectivization of love and compassion, of shared experience, of conversation, of getting to know one another? Or was that party a booze fest where people went to listen to music and dance and sing and, you know, whack out? You tell me. This is not a judgment call. I can't judge anyone. I've made so many dumb decisions, so many mistakes, and I'll make many more. But the fact of the matter is that we only have so long to live. And human beings are not long for this earth. You look at a tree or a common, you know, insect many of them live as long if not longer than us you look at fungi bacteria millions of years old millions many of us will be lucky to see 45 or 50 years. I'm at 24. You understand? In my head, I'm three years dead. Fred Hampton was shot and killed at 21. That's my mark. That's my marker. I'm four years dead. Or three years dead. In the most positive sense, I'm 
at the halfway point. But I don't care and don't want at all, (laughs) at fucking all, to live a long life like this. If I have to live another 20 years like this, I'd rather die now. If I have to live another five years inactive, disorganized, I'd rather die now. And that's very selfish. It's very selfish. It's very individualistic. Because my life is worth more than what I can gain from it. And that's what I, you know, I really think we need to keep in mind. And what I really want to mention is that our lives are worth so much more than just a life. You know? It's hard to put it in words because you're talking about such big, big things. You know, a life, a human life, like... And to think so many of us will be born, live, half-cooked lives as half-human, half-robot... And we will die without knowing true compassion. We will die without knowing anything about the world that we live in. And we will die almost a meaningless life, meaningless death. Because our death does not signify anything. Our death does not mean a revolutionary has passed. Our death does not mean that a freedom fighter has passed. But more often than not, our death means almost absolutely nothing. I mean, shit. I'm not... I'm not trying to be an asshole or whatever, but like... You got your family, of course, and your friends and shit that will miss you. My point is that in the grand scheme of things, there's seven and a half billion people. Does my life mean anything? No, not unless I make it so. Your life does not mean anything unless you make it so. Yeah, your life is important. Yeah, you being alive is important. Yeah, I'm glad that you are alive. But if you waste this entire life, what was the point of being born? I mean, believe whatever you want to believe about the afterlife, but all I'm going to say is that you don't bring any of this with you, but you can leave a legacy, and you can leave an example, and you can leave a struggle. Participate in actually trying to make the world a better place. But instead, we're so afraid. 
We're so afraid of losing our jobs, losing a little extra income. Maybe we don't want to lose a friend or a position in life we're comfortable with. But what good is any of this? What use is any of it, really? What use of this life have we made? 